This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I'm your host, Dr. Catherine Prim, and I'm a small animal veterinarian and cat lover. And as you know, if you've ever listened to this show before, I like to use it as a platform to educate my cat lovers out there about all kinds of ways to keep their cat happy and healthy. Today, I have a special guest with me, Andrew Woods. Andrew is a senior veterinary student, and he's spending some time in my practice this week, and he has an extra interest in nutrition. So today, we thought we would do some myth-busting and talk about the five most common pet nutrition myths. So we'll be right back after this message with Andrew. You know what I love? I love my cat. My cat, Scamper, has discriminating taste. He doesn't like just anybody. So when he acts like he loves me, it makes me feel good, like like somehow I made the cut. But you know what I don't love? Cleaning up Scamper's litter box. Which is why Arm & Hammer created new cloud control litter. There's no cloud of nasties when I scoop. It's 100% dust-free, free from heavy perfumes, and it helps reduce airborne dander when I scoop. So what happens in the litter? stays in the litter. New Cloud Control Cat Litter by Arm & Hammer. More power to ya. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. And I have Andrew Woods here with me today. Hey, Andrew. Hey, guys. How's it going? So I'm kind of excited to get to talk to you about the top five pet nutrition myths. So I guess let's just dive right in. All right. Well, thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure to be here. So yeah, we'll start talking about the uh, top five pet myths that I have chosen to talk about today. So I think the first myth I would like to go over and um, starting off, um, I'm not actually a veterinarian. I haven't graduated yet, but soon. And um, I think a lot of people don't believe that vets get a lot of nutrition and training in school. And I think that's interesting to think about. Personally, for me, I think I got a ton of nutrition training in school. We have a board-certified veterinary nutritionist who teaches us. And not only do we have one full course that goes over nutrition for, for all pets and, and including, you know, cows and horses and things like that, but the veterinarian also offered us a rotation, which we can take, which is a three-week rotation, which sort of goes over all of the basics of pet nutrition and things to look and look out for and things like that. So I think we actually do get a lot of nutrition and pet training. I agree. I really enjoy nutrition and I kind of believe that you are what you eat. And I think it's part of our our job really to make sure that pet owners get the good advice about nutrition for their pets. So for everyone out there listening, your veterinarian is an excellent resource about your pet's nutrition. And so ask those questions about pet food or, or snacks or any of those things. Start first at your veterinary office because that is your best resource. So Andrew, Let's jump into the second myth. I'm pretty interested to hear what you have to say about that. Gotcha. So the second myth I like to talk about is um, about common pet food allergies that people have, that people think pets get. And um, a lot of people think that most allergies from pets are food related. And actually, um, it's estimated that there only 1% of all skin diseases are actually born from you know foodborne allergies. 
Um, and most of these allergies we're seeing in pets are actually from flea allergies or um, atopic dermatitis, which has no relation to food at all. So a lot of times, like I said, only 1% of all skin diseases and allergies come from food. And another thing that I think will surprise a lot of people is that not only is the allergy thing, but um, also I think a lot of people think that the top food allergies in dogs and cats come from sources like grains and corn and things like that. When actually, especially in cats, the top three allergies in cats Foodborne allergies are from beef, dairy, and fish, which is very surprising, I think. And then chicken, and then lamb, and then corn. So it's a lot further down the list than you might think. So, yeah, I think people think that cats should eat fish. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. Yes, it's, it could be an allergen. Yeah, so, yeah, like I said, some of the foodborne allergies are mostly derived from proteins that the you know cats eat. And, you know, the main proteins that cats are eating are from beef, dairy, and fish. So those are actually are the top aller foodborne allergies that we are seeing in today's clinic. And I think that food gets a lot of press for being a source of allergies. And I think that's your point, really, is that everybody thinks because of mainstream marketing that food is the source and that changing the diet is going to be a miracle cure. But actually, you're more likely to get a miracle cure from a really comprehensive flea control program, as well as addressing fleas in your environment. So that is an excellent myth. Thanks, Andrew. That was awesome. Okay, so what else have you got for us today? All right, guys. Coming in at number four, I'd like to talk about the whole grain-free movement we're seeing in marketing everywhere. Grain-free diets have been advertised all over the place. If you walk into any pet food store like PetSmart or anything like that, tons and tons of diets are claiming that they're, oh, grain-free and grain-free is better and all these things. And I think that's an interesting thing that people are saying. But if you actually look at all the studies, it's not really being shown that grain-free diets are causing all these diseases. So what you're saying is that actually a grain allergy for pets is rare, right? Essentially, yeah. As we saw in the last myth, um, the most common food allergies are beef, dairy, and fish in cats. So when thinking about that, um, grains actually aren't the top allergen in cats, contrary to what all these diets are promoting that you'll see in pet food stores. So it's marketing hype. And so that's what I've been telling my clients. I get a lot of pushback on that idea. And I want to reinforce that here. That has become a marketing ploy and it's it's not a real thing. So you don't have to specifically choose a grain-free diet for your cat. In fact, it might be less than ideal in certain species to choose. So again, talk to your own veterinarian about what your cat should be eating because your veterinarian knows you and knows your cat. So that was number three. Let's hit number four. All right. So um, the number four rumor is that not all kibble is made the same. And a lot of people think that feeding kibble is actually bad for your cat, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Well, so a lot of people think that cat food is just bad or that kibble is just bad or that all pet food is bad and all pet foods are not created equal. And I think it's really important. And I know I've mentioned this before to my cat listeners, but cats are not small dogs and cats have specific feline needs. So can you delve into that a little bit more for us, Andrew? I think a lot of people seem to think that cat food and specifically kibble is bad for kittens and cats. And I think one of the most important things in cat nutrition is that they need a lot of water and sometimes kibble isn't, you know, all providing that. So if you're going to feed your cat a diet that's based on kibble, you need to have multiple sources of water or you need to be supplementing water in somewhere if you're not feeding wet food. But I don't think kibble specifically is bad for cats. Um, there's a lot of studies that show that, you know, there's no difference nutritionally between a kibble diet or a wet food diet nutritionally, as long as they're getting that extra water supplementation in other ways. And um, I think 
When choosing a kibble, I know it can be very overwhelming to try to decide which sort of diet to feed your cat. You know, like I said earlier, if you go into a pet food store, there's brands upon brands of different kibble diets for people to choose from. So I think there's a couple things that you can do to make sure that you're getting a really good quality brand of cat food that is going to be appropriate for your cat. And I think when choosing a kibble to feed your cat, um, I really think you should do some research into what sort of kibble you feed. Um, you shouldn't just go into a store and grab any old bag off the, the shelf, but I also think it's important to keep your budget in mind. So when looking for a really good brand of cat food, a couple things you could look for. One thing is you want to make sure that that pet food company actually employs at least a full-time qualified nutritionist. Now, this is someone who needs to be either board certified in veterinary nutrition or at least have a PhD in pet nutrition. That way, you know you're getting a quality food that has been actually tested. Another thing that I think is important is that the pet food company actually is actively doing studies in nutrition to make sure that their diets are actually being shown to provide benefits to pets. I think a lot of pet food companies are only in it for the money and aren't actually doing research in a pet foods. So when choosing a pet food company, I would definitely recommend one that is actively putting money into actual pet food research for pets. And perhaps less money into national television advertisements. So I tell my clients, if if you see it on a national commercial, ask questions because that's a lot of money. That's a very, very expensive ad campaign. Are they spending all of their money on that to convince you that your pet needs some certain sort of diet? Or are they employing a veterinary nutritionist and participating in research and development along those lines? And I think that you can call. Can't you call? Isn't there a 1-800 number on the really good pet foods where you could call and ask if they employ a veterinary nutritionist? Yeah. Typically, most companies that are reputable will have a number you can call. They can ask questions about the pet food diet. And I think when talking about cat food kibble, there's another point that people like to make is that there's been multiple, multiple recalls on multiple diets for pet food. And I think um, when you get into the process of manufacturing, there's always going to be a chance that something goes wrong at some point in the future. So I think choosing a diet that is from a company that has been along for a long while, that has you know worked through the kinks of their manufacturing to make sure that they're producing the highest quality kibble is very important as well. So not just choosing one of the newer brands out there because you know they may not have been around as long and they may not, and there may be more of a chance that there could be a recall in the future for something like salmonella or vitamin deficiencies. But even so. I know recently in the news that there's been a huge recall on Hills Pet Food, and this is typically only affecting all of the canned food diets that Hills provides. And I think it's interesting, and I think it shows that even the companies that have been around for a long time can also are also susceptible to recalls. Um, but I think another thing when choosing a, a pet food company for your cat is to see how much reputability they have in correcting those errors. I know Hill specifically offered to pay for all the treatments associated with their recall diets. Um, specifically, these diets were low in the vitamins D, um, so they offered to provide blood testing for all the animals affected that were on that diet. They offered to pay for all the treatments involved in potentially any clients and pets that got sick from that food. So I think being a reputable company is also very important to look at uh, when thinking about choosing a brand for your cat because overall, people are always going to make mistakes. Everyone's human. But at the end of the day, you want to find a brand that is not only reputable, um, has been around for a while and has actual studies and science behind their diets. So it sounds somewhat self-serving for Andrew and I to say, but if you purchase a diet from your veterinarian, your veterinarian will serve as your representative if something does go wrong. I stock certain veterinary diets and certain veterinary products, and 
there have been occasions where I went to bat for my client and my patient to get them taken care of in the way that I thought was appropriate. And they didn't have to hassle with that. I was there. And I think that is part of the relationship with your veterinarian, including your veterinarian and all aspects of your cat's care can really stand you in good stead when something unforeseen occurs. I think that's a really good point. And um, like you said, I think um, when talking about pet nutrition, the best source to go to is your veterinarian because overall they know more about pet nutrition than random people on the internet claiming which diets are the best and even uh, employees at pet food stores. In my um, clinical nutrition rotation that I took um, that was supervised by a board certified veterinary nutritionist, we did a project where we actually went into a local pet food stores and asked the employees there about which diets we should feed our pets. And a lot of times the diets that they were recommending were um, diets that don't necessarily uh, meet those criteria that we discussed earlier. So I think it's really important that you always discuss which sort of diet you should be feeding with your pet from an actual veterinarian that has training in pet nutrition. That way you can make sure that you are not being recommended a diet that is on some sort of incentive program or some sort of marketing program through the corporation. We just don't know. And I, I think it's it's wise to be a smart consumer and assume that there could be other things at play. Do you agree? I absolutely agree. And I know a lot of people will also go on to state, well, how do you know that vets aren't taking directly from the pockets of these pet food companies that we are recommending? And um, I don't know about you, Dr. Prim, but personally, I've never received any money from any pet food companies getting me to promote their diets. And I personally would not take money from these companies because I wish to remain as bias-free as possible and strictly look at the science behind these diets and, and exactly what is best for your pet without falling into these marketing traps and things like that. How do you feel about this issue? Oh, I completely agree. It is more important to me that my individual patients do well than that I support one company or another. So let's take another really quick break and come back and kind of do a wrap up of our top five pet nutrition myths. We'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. I'm here with Andrew Woods, and we are talking about the top five pet nutrition myths. And we've been through a lot of information and really important information. So I want to kind of do a roundup for everyone out there that's listening and kind of revisit these things one more quick time. Andrew, can you do that for us? Absolutely. So the first myth is that not all vets are trained in pet nutrition or have adequate new training in pet nutrition. And the fact of the matter is most vets, and all vets I can say, have more pet nutrition training than most other people um, that you can talk to. So when talking about pet food diets, it's always important to ask your veterinarian about 
what they recommend. Um, secondly, we talked about the top three pet food allergies and allergies in general. And for the most part, only 1% of all skin diseases come from actual foodborne allergies. So most of the time it's going to be from flea-borne allergies like we talked about or environmental allergies and not actual food allergies. Our third pet food myth was that grain-free is better to feed your cat than other sort of diets. And um, I think when looking at the actual science behind it, cats are um, able to digest grains. But of course, that shouldn't be the only thing they're eating. Cat, um, cats are carnivores, so they should have meat in their diets. But that doesn't mean that grains are bad for them. The fourth myth is that all kibble is bad, which is also definitely false. There are very good pet food companies out there that make really high reputable brands of cat food. And But I think it's important that we sort of do research behind what sort of brands we're feeding our pets and always ask a vet about what they recommend as well because certain companies are better than others when it comes to pet food. And we really need to do research about which diets are better and not getting caught up in marketing trends and things like that. So I think that's a really great wrap up. And I, I really want to thank Andrew for taking time out of his busy day as he's in his final weeks of veterinary school to come and talk with us because it is so important. Your animals are what they eat and making these choices are so critical and including your veterinarian because you have a relationship with that veterinarian. He or she cares about you and your cat and wants to be a part of these choices. Make sure your veterinarian knows what you have chosen to feed in every discussion because that too is important. Thanks, Andrew, so much for joining us on Nine Lives. And thanks to all my cat-loving listeners. And as always, a big shout-out to my great producer, Mark Winter. Go out and have a perfect day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.